So I was talking with um, John from Meeple Town earlier. He was like, do you still like enjoy podcasting? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's so much fun because like I don't get sucked into the numbers of it anymore. Yeah, because it took me the longest time to get that to get to that point with streaming. Yeah. But like being able to set this aside as like this is a hobby. And if that is what it stays, I am content. And if it becomes more, obviously, I'll be excited about that. Right. So. Right. If we continue with our 15 or so, then great. But if we get more than that, that's also really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm like you. I'm here for the ride. I'm here to have fun. And I get to talk about nerdy stuff with an old friend. Mm-hmm. All that's missing is a pint. I have my water bottle. Oh, yeah. I have mine as well. So <laughs> My <laughs> has, responsible uh, hydrating beverage. It has lemon water in it. Oh, you're fancier than me. Mine just has water from the, the water cooler at work still. Oh, well, we, uh, we've had a little bit of a, a hiccup here in the Crowder house. We, uh, my wife has COVID. Oh no. And, uh, she's fine. Actually. She's, she's doing really well. She was exposed on, we're guessing like a Friday because she started feeling bad on Saturday. It got worse on Sunday. And then Monday she was like pretty miserable. So she went to the doctor, got tested, came back positive. Uh, and since then has like gotten a little bit better every day. Okay. So she's, she's on the mend. She's, she hasn't gotten any worse. So that's good. I was about to say that's at some point the the first threshold to cross is yeah. stop getting worse and you're already there. So. Right. So she hasn't gotten any worse. I also haven't gotten any worse. I don't know if I have it. I never got tested. I just kind of assumed I probably have it if she has it. Yeah. The only thing that I've had is I've been sneezing a lot. So if it's, I sneeze uh, during the course of this episode, I apologize. It's a uh, it's a new symptom of the whatever strain that we're on. <laughs> sneezing it's uh must be i don't know because yeah, uh know. it's um, <laughs> it hit me pretty hard but i got we got some nose spray today not a sponsor but it's uh it's just called clear i think is, is how it's pronounced but it's spelled with an x so it's x l e a r it's an all natural nose spray that actually comes from like a, a grapefruit extract of all okay. things and um like i took it today like this afternoon and i went probably five hours without sneezing and nice. without my nose itching. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So I'm going to keep using that. But. Yeah, for sure. This feels, it feels almost like a, like a yawn situation where like, if someone talks about yawning, you always, you have that like intense desire. Like, oh man, now I have to, like you were talking about your nose, like you've been sneezing and it's been itching. And I was just like, dang it. Yeah. Cause I'm just sitting over here like, oh, my nose itches. Like, no, it's been, it's been awful. Cause like this morning it was terrible. I was sneezing and just like, I was constantly doing this. Where it was just like, oh, man, it was awful. And so it was nice to get some relief. And it hasn't gotten nearly that bad since. So, like I said, if if I do sneeze, I have a mute button. So hopefully I can press that in time and uh, not blow out everybody's eardrum. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, I really liked this episode. You know, I thought their conversation was really good. But that sneeze, man, it it just got me. (laughs) Blew my head off. Right. Other than that, things are fine. Uh, Things are pretty good. It's been kind of just same old, same old here i don't know what about you um yeah pretty much pretty much the same i have started going to the chiropractor again so my back feels great yes um i went actually i went earlier today and i've only been going a couple of weeks and the chiropractor today was like you're like your movement is really good which is i guess what you want to hear from the chiropractor like it's good but not too good because that's that's a different problem um but yeah you know i I went in i said my back is stiff right here he was like yeah it is i can feel that and uh it is no longer stiff right there (laughs) no complaints (laughs) fantastic (laughs) 
Well, good. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're, I, I had never gone to a chiropractor until I guess about roughly a year ago and it was life-changing. I was like, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. Why have I never done this before? Yeah, I don't know. I was in that same boat, so. Yeah. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. No, I am the father. Father. Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, as always, is my lovely co-host, that guy right there. It's me. John. And What's uh, going on, everybody? So glad to be back for another episode. We are doing a review of a... This is our bonus episode, by the way, mm-hmm. for January. Uh, and we are doing a review of an old movie from 2009. Oh, calling a 2009 movie old hurts my soul. Older. I'll take it. Movie. <laughs> 2009. Uh, Watchmen. Uh, now, I was also able to get my hands on a copy of the novel, uh, the graphic novel. So I was able... I didn't read the the whole thing because it's 450 pages. So it's, I didn't read the hefty. entire thing. But I, like, I kind of skipped through it and, like got the main points and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it wasn't mine. It was... I borrowed it. So... I just kind of okay. looked through it, kept it for a day or two, and then gave it back. Yeah. So I went. Um, have you been to the McKay's in Nashville, Jay? Oh, yes. Since they, they moved out to, to West? Yes. Okay. So we went to McKay's probably two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, you know, while I'm here, this, you know, this book is so common and, and iconic. They'll probably, they'll have one. I can, I can take that. And, um, I went to the comic book section at the top of this. First of all, their parking lot is comically large, right? It is. It is a comically large parking lot. The day that we went, it was was 100% full. I've I've never seen that parking lot 100% full before. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be chaos inside this already chaotic store. And I go upstairs after looking at various other things. And I'm like, surely there's a copy of Watchmen here. I didn't see a single copy in McKay's. Mm. And I was like, I was impressed first, but then I was disappointed because I wanted to get one. Yeah, that's a shame. Did they have any other good comics that you were able to pick up while you were there? Oh, what did they have? They had the... um, the first two volumes of Captain America, Steve Rogers. Okay. Then the controversial one where he has been a Hydra agent his whole life. Yes. So I read the first two volumes of that and I'm upset that they didn't have the third volume because I would have got it too. Um, there was a Kanan comic, uh, Kanan Jarrus, which I feel like I had read before, but I don't know. Um, so I got the first two volumes of that as well. Okay. So pretty, uh, very nice. Pretty excited about those. I've kind of, whenever I do comics now, um, I've actually been doing a lot of the old Star Wars stuff, like so, like pre, Legends. Yeah, pre Disney okay. stuff. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and um, so like one of the things that I highly recommend is I got my hands on an old copy of mm-hmm. so right before um, Lucas film was sold to Disney, they made an Obi Wan comic that showed what Obi Wan did Ooh. before he before uh, A New Hope, that and it's really good. And no offense to those who enjoyed the show, but better than the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I I had actually had a conversation with somebody about this at dinner tonight. I don't feel like that's offensive. Like as someone who enjoys the show, I have no problem with that because the show is good, but it's good because of the investment I already had into it. Okay, yeah, that so makes sense. So un- understanding that this comic exists and is I would expect it to be better. Like that's very exciting. So yeah, uh, I have to highly recommend searching for that somewhere and enjoying that. It's very good. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, well, cool. All right. So we've had some pretty eventful weeks. Um, So up first, we usually do news. Unfortunately, so John and I, we usually have an outline um, and I was not prepared this time and I did not do an outline. Uh, But I do have some news sources that I can pull up and go through uh, to kind of get the conversation going. I did want to ask you this. So I saw this on Twitter. And so when I see something, it's not necessarily that I want to like it exactly, but mm-hmm. I do so that I can go back and look at it later. Yeah, I think, yeah. But, but somebody better. put out a list, oh, no. a Star Wars ranking of the top 10 most powerful Jedi. I feel like this is going to be very upsetting. So let's let's just, with, without looking at the list, okay, who <sighs> would you say, in your mind, okay, you're, you're a pretty avid Star Wars fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who would you put as number one? Is it all eras or just Skywalker Saga? The Skywalker Saga. Okay, because I was like, well, I mean, Revan has to be in there, but you know, Skywalker Saga, he is not. Um, I've heard there's a there's a common theory that Obi Wan is actually number one. He's a lot of people's vote as the most powerful Jedi. Um, for me, I would honestly say Mace Windu. Okay, as number one most powerful. Do you have any reasoning for that? Like, what was your? Um, because he, he flirted with the line of, uh, the dark side most commonly, yeah. um, to the point that he invented an entire, um, form of lightsaber combat to adapt that, um, proclivity to just like knowing what he's capable of. Um, I would probably say Yoda too. I would definitely have Yoda up there. I don't know if I would have Yoda at the top, but I would definitely have Yoda up there. I think I might put Luke at the top. Maybe Anakin? Uh, mm. I think Anakin's peak is after he turns though. Mm. I think so that's that's part of it for me is like think of this like so the we're we're recording story. this. Yeah. Well, we're recording this in January. Think about this like a March Madness style bracket. Okay, yeah. Like if they had to 1v1 and the winner okay. moved on. Okay. I feel like a lot of people could beat Luke, but that's also, you know, 30 years of choreography advancement. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you if you look at it from that perspective. So, um I think, so I said Mace, Yoda, I will say Obi-Wan third. Um, Gosh. And I'm so biased towards lightsaber combat because it's the most fun to watch. Yeah. But I mean, Anakin as a duelist and as a pilot, I feel like would be up there, but I feel, I want to put Qui-Gon higher than Anakin just because he made master status and Anakin never did. That's true. So that, that implies some more, like he's more in tune with everything. Um, So number one though, you say Mace Windu. I do. Yeah. Number one, I would, I want to say Luke. Um, but I do like your idea of Obi-Wan being number one yeah. Yeah, because it's in his name. Yeah, that's true. Num- <laughs> number one, Kenobi. <laughs> number one, Kenobi. And his brother, number two, Kenobi. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read you just the top five that oh, this person did. If Ray is in this list at all, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> number one, Yoda. Fair. Number two, Luke Skywalker. I can't really argue it. Number three, Ray. Shut it down. <laughs> it's a stupid list. If you, again, with it, with the context of if they had to one v one to advance, you can. There's not a single timeline that Ray could one v one Mace Windu. It couldn't happen. Yeah, no, I agree. And then they have number four Obi Wan Kenobi and number five Mace Windu. Gosh, that's so. Ugh. Mm, no, just no. <laughs> it's wrong. I agree. I agree. Ray shouldn't even be on the top ten. I mean, top. Top 10, maybe like 10. Maybe. And even, and even then, that I feel like that comes down to how many of the Clone Wars era masters do you actually know a lot about? Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. Where do you... So, 
I guess she's, well, she's technically considered Skywalker Saga since she was in the Rise of Skywalker. Where would you put Ahsoka? Or does it become, like my argument with Anakin, her peak is after she leaves the Order? I don't know, though. She was, I mean, she was pretty high up there because she went, she went toe-to-toe. Well, I guess that was after mm-hmm. she went toe-to-toe with Maul, but that mm-hmm. was after um, she left the Order. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like, she she got stronger once she left. Yeah. There's a, there's a somewhat common thought that she became a gray Jedi. Yeah. Which is just, you know, in a world of black and white, she became gray. It's a very simple theory uh, in concept, but it's a little bit more difficult to understand. So, I guess it becomes, does that count? You know, where is, uh, where Where's Kanan? Where's Ezra? Because hmm. I don't know that I don't know that I would put Ezra top ten, but I'd probably put Kanan like. I'd put him up there. Yeah, and again, his voice was in Rise of Skywalker, which makes him canon. But yeah, Ahsoka. I mean, I would definitely put up there if we're counting that. I put her. Oh, man, this is a hard list. Yeah, this is yeah, something no, I'm really I, gonna have to sit down and think I, about. I made this deceptively difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe when Ahsoka comes out, you know, like we might. Oh, that would to, be fun. We might have to do like a top ten Jedi list. That would be yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Or at least like a top five. Do we have a date for that yet? You know, I don't think they've ever. They've just said later this year, I believe. Come on, man. I know they did the same thing. So that was the other thing I was going to mention is they released a. I, I use the term trailer loosely, but they you they released a, an invin an invincible trailer the uh, animated superhero show on amazon mm-hmm. which is really good by the way if you haven't watched it not for kids not for <laughs> kids <laughs> i just want to put that out there um but it is oh, uh, on amazon i highly recommend it i really enjoyed it and um but they released a trailer and they said the exact same thing they were like yeah it's gonna be like later 2023 Come and on, you're like, man. that doesn't really give us much. Like that could honestly, it could be the last week of December. Like, I feel like if someone were to say something's going to come out late 2023 here in January, I feel like my personal window for that is anywhere from like September to March of 2024. <laughs> I agree with you there. So that's, I need a date, man. I just, I need it. Speaking of trailers, we're getting another Shazam trailer at the time of this recording tomorrow. Nice. So I still haven't seen the first movie or Black Adam. Yeah, I feel like at some point they have to be related. Ah. Like they have they have to tie together with the characters of Shazam and Black Adam. I mean, you it would is think. borderline essential. You would think so. Big news that came out here recently. Um, John, did you ever watch Rick and Morty? I've dabbled. Okay, I I see it when I scroll through like reels and stuff. Like if I'm just scrolling on Facebook videos, I'll see like compilations of scenes and stuff. Um, the bigger thing for me with the con- the controversy I know you're about to talk about is uh they just released a game called High on life where the creator like that you play with like sentient alien firearms yes and the main one is morty yeah like it is morty's voice right so so yeah but the uh so the creator or co-creator of uh yeah co-creator of uh rick and morty justin roland he has been fired because of felony domestic violence charges wasn't there there was a second charge too it was like domestic violence and like unlawful kidnapping or something yeah i'm not sure but uh not great dang yeah rick so, and morty i did see that they released a statement saying they will continue I saw um that. they're just not a hundred percent sure what it's going to look like yet um i mean there's plenty plenty of people that do impressions of both of those characters so yeah. i know they can find somebody um yeah. by the way that's another show and game that we mentioned that <laughs> not is for kids. not for kids <laughs> please not do no. not do not show that to your kids <laughs> Oh my gosh. DCS will immediately show up at your door. Uh, and then probably watch it with your kids, but <laughs> no. 
my oh man so my when i started my new job last year my boss was like hey do you watch rick and morty and i was like sometimes and he was like pickle rick is the funniest thing i've ever seen and i was like man you gotta get out more like that's (laughs) good but it's not like airplane like airplane is probably the funniest thing i've ever seen there you go surely you can't be serious of course i'm serious don't call me surely (laughs) such a great movie also not for kids but it's also not you know animated um have you talking of going back to Star Wars and needing dates for things? We're like a month out from Mandalorian season three. We are. Yes. March 1st. Did you watch that new trailer? Yes. I say new. It came out like a week ago. Yeah, I saw it. I, I did something I never do with the Mandalorian season three trailer. And I watched a YouTube video breakdown. Oh, wow. Of That's one of how... those, like, all those things that you missed in the new Mandalorian trailer. I just want everybody to realize that that's how excited John is for this season. I never do that. And I was like, <laughs> there are enough things that I know I missed in this. And I was paying attention. And then I watched the video and it was all the things that I noticed. And I was like, dang it. Nothing <laughs> this new. Video, you know, if this video is bad or I was very much involved. <laughs> So probably yeah, both, either, the, but... either this video is awful or I'm that good. It's somewhere in the middle. I tend not to give myself too much credit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as far as news goes, that's probably some of the biggest. Uh, we haven't really had a whole lot happen here recently. Um, I know that they're, you know, they're currently looking for a new Superman and various other people. As far as I know, they're sticking with the Flash. Uh, Ezra Miller as the Flash, from what I can tell. Bruh. I don't, I don't know why. They've got to just be doing that until the movie comes out. Like they've put, they would think so. Put too much oh. into this movie to can it, and if they go into the movie saying we have a new Flash before the movie even comes out, no one's gonna care. Right. Which no one cares anyway. Do they care anyway? That's no. the question. <laughs> Is it really that much of a loss? Probably I mean, not. I'll see it because isn't it like isn't it Flashpoint supposedly? Yeah, supposedly, and like yeah, Flashpoint I mean that makes me excited too. But at the same time, I just I can't. I have a hard time looking past. You know, it's one thing. You know, it's kind of funny. We've actually talked about this before. Like anytime allegations are are raised against a celebrity, like I think the one that I brought up was um, Kevin Spacey. You know, Kevin Spacey was blamed or accused of doing some shady stuff at one point, and people were just taking it as truth without there being any kind of like investigation or court case or anything. And so I remember saying at that time, like, I didn't believe that he did anything until we actually got some proof. But then once we got the proof, it was like, okay, he's a pretty bad dude. Yeah. Uh, but Ezra Miller, not only did he do something that was very, very, very shady, uh, but also he admitted to it. <laughs> and he kept doing things. Yeah, he pled as part of guilty. it too. Yeah. So like, and then he would do more things and it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. So I don't know. So because of that, I have a hard time saying that I'm going to watch it just because I, I don't know. It becomes a moral issue. And I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mm, yeah. So, I, I, but at I the same time, at the same time, I am not going to judge somebody. If you go watch it, I, if you want to go watch it, that's your business. I just know how I feel about it. So, yeah, but man, that was heavy. Let's talk about something a little, <laughs> let's talk about something light like Watchmen. <laughs> known mood booster watchman definitely not something brighter i mean dr manhattan Zack snyder only makes movies after a power outage <laughs> that shouldn't be funny 
Because like 300, 300 was made before this, right? It was like 2006. Yes, actually, I, I, did, I did my research on this movie. So this movie was actually proposed three different times by three different studios before it landed at Warner Brothers with Zack Snyder. And the only reason they got Zack Snyder was because he had just had a huge success with 300. So it was originally proposed in the late 90s. Oh my gosh. By Fox. And then, yeah, right? I'm glad and Fox then, didn't get it. It would have been horrible. Yes. And then it was proposed, or then it was picked up by Warner Brothers in 2003, I believe it was. And they, the guy that they got for it, I can't even remember who it was. He he wanted to do a series. He wanted to do a mini series instead of doing a two and a half hour movie. And then finally, they in 2009, they brought up the idea again and uh, gave it asked Zack Snyder if he would do it. And he said, yes. So there you go. Cool. The so history we have three, of how... 300 to thank for Watchmen. Yes. I'll take it. Yeah. Two works by iconic uh, graphic novelists with uh, Watchmen being written by Alan Moore and 300 being written by Frank Miller. I'm pretty sure. Let me, Makes sense. Let me use the old Wikipedia that I have open to verify that. I mean, that would make sense considering that it's very dark. Yep. And um, feels very Batman or Daredevil-esque. Very Dark Knight Returns-y. Yes. Uh, but 300 is 2006 epic historical action film uh, based on the 1998 comic series of the same name by Frank Miller and Lynn Varley. So, yeah. There you go. So, th- uh, almost said 300. Watchmen. So, ordinarily, I was going to say, ordinarily, this is the time of the pod where I would read a plot summary. But this movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. I'm not doing that. Well, not only that, but the plot it's is intricate. so all over the place. Yeah. It's hard to give a summary. So, I will say, I found one not in the plot section of Wikipedia, but above it when it's kind of like the, if you don't read the rest of this article, you will understand it. You know how, how Wikipedia has that bit at the very top? Mm-hmm. One sentence. And I love it. What does it say? It says, a dark and dystopian deconstruction of the superhero genre. The film is set in an alternate history in the year 1985 at the height of the Cold War as a group of mostly retired American superheroes investigates the murder of one of their own before uncovering an elaborate and deadly conspiracy while their moral limitations are challenged by the complex nature of the circumstances. I love that. That's, I mean, that's to the point. That is a one-sentence summary of this movie. That's good. And it's, Yeah, that is, see y'all next week. Like, <laughs> yeah i like the way that they said deconstruction it's it's almost like a satire of comic book like if this came out now i feel like it would be so much better received because there's so much like superhero burnout that most people have i mean i'm not to that point yet you you may be i mean i don't know we've been talking about superhero stuff coming out every week for the past like decade <laughs> that's true so yeah no i think uh so this is very um i mean it, it asks the question what would happen if you had everyday people become superheroes? And I think this movie really, it well, it actually, it asks several questions, to be honest. It asks that question, like, how would somebody react if, or how would a, a normal person react to being a superhero? Mm-hmm. It also asks the question, what would happen to a man that becomes a god? Yeah. And it also kind of asks the question, what happens to a man when their main purpose in life is taken away? That Rorschach? Him and the comedian both okay i think the so is there is there a single character in this movie that you think is like objectively good to to get into talking about the movie now 
I don't know. I don't think that's so. a hard question. I don't because at the same time, I don't know if any of them are exactly objectively bad either. I I would argue the comedian becomes objectively bad. Okay, but he that that wasn't his original purpose though. No, no, none of none of their original pur- purposes were to be bad. But no, and I think that's what they. I mean, that's definitely what they explore, and then also they come to realize too at the end. By the way, this is another movie that is not for kids. Oh, no, it's exceptionally rated R. Yes, very much. For just, like, the most unnecessary graphic violence. Yes. Amongst other things. Like, there, there's two sex scenes and an abundance of nudity. Yes. <laughs> Freaking Dr. Manhattan. Golly. Dr. Manhattan has... He's just hanging brains like, he's the on, whole movie. He's on strike against clothing. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The Let's see, what was the question you asked? Uh, is anyone objectively good? Yeah, I not really. The closest one to me is um, Night Owl, Dan Dryberg. Yeah. Played by Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Who I would like to soapbox here real quick. Um, we don't appreciate Patrick Wilson enough. I agree. He So I recently, comic book people will know him as Orm from Aquaman. And he was very good. He plays a very good villain. Um, but he was in the uh, he was in the Phantom of the Opera movie and did his own singing. That. Like really? He's a classically trained singer. Wow. And he's good. That's impressive. Um, he, Why didn't he, was, he sing in this? <laughs> would that not have fit with the tone? Oh, it. see, I'm upset because it absolutely wouldn't have, but it 100% would. <laughs> like, if there was just like, they burst out into song in some random moment of this movie, it's enough of a satire of the genre, I feel like they could get away with it. Like, right after the scene of him and uh, um, Sally in the, the ship, Mm-hmm. And then, like, they break out into song and dance afterwards. Oh my gosh! <laughs> horrible, but amazing at the same time. Gosh, that would have been. Oh man, we need to we need to find a way to make Watchmen, but as a satire of superhero movies. <laughs> Actually, I made a joke about that. I was talking about it with people earlier tonight. I was like, if they made Watchmen now, I feel like they would just have to have a running gag of every time Doctor Manhattan is on the screen, his uh, nudity just becomes a little bit bigger every single scene progressing throughout the movie. And at the end, it is like comically large. (laughs) And and the whole bit is he does not notice it at all. He's just deadpan. And no one talks about it. (laughs) Nobody brings attention to it. Like he starts out in like like a full suit with like a turtleneck. And then like it just slowly starts like every scene. Oh, no. Is that what you mean? No, I mean just his um, what what is nude. I don't know how how we've never had to cross the bridge of how we refer to that on this show before. Um, But his his full frontal male nudity. Gotcha. If it just like, you know, have you seen on Twitter where it's like for every, you know, 100 likes, we're going to make this person's hat bigger. (laughs) It's like one of those. Okay. Where it's like every frame of this movie, it's going to get just like a little bit bigger. (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, it's like, here's Earth. And then here's Dr. Manhattan. Oh my gosh. But no one no one mentions it at all. Everyone just accepts it as true. Oh, that's great. Oh man. Like I'm <laughs> What a great comedy. Like that would just be fantastic. It's kind of like the uh although they brought attention to it, but it's kind of like in the other guys where Will Ferrell's gun keeps coming back and it's like it starts out as a wooden gun but it gets nicer and nicer as it comes back to him. Mm-hmm. So that kind of style, but <laughs> gosh, underrated movie. The other guys. Oh man, how that movie started just like sets the tone. I didn't, I didn't know how to process it. I was like, <laughs> what? What just happened? <laughs> 
Oh man. Oh wow. Okay. Anyway, Watchmen. Um, um yeah, Watchmen. It is uh we are setting a very different tone than what this movie is. Oh, it's so dark and so serious. So dark. All the if time. It, the the thing that can be compared to it that's newer is if you've seen The Boys at all on Amazon, it's mm. it's basically that. Uh except, except with a different that, color palette. Yes. Yes. And also um The Boys is probably worse as far as like content and like like even like i I watched the the newest season i what i ended up doing because it was bothering me so much what was happening in it is whenever something was about to happen i would watch it on my laptop and i would have my finger on the arrow and every time something would happen i would skip like 30 seconds and usually it would be over whatever was about to happen except for that one whole episode yes well what what i was going to say was is at the beginning of that episode they're like there's a warning before the episode that's like hey this is about to happen (laughs) this whole episode is gross and disgusting and they were like just know that this is all fake and you don't need to be upset about it and there's going to be some scenes that are definitely not appropriate for any younger audiences and then they said to be honest it's not appropriate for anybody yeah <laughs> i i respect that level of self-awareness so uh anyway it, it's it's in that that same if you, if you were to have superhero movies in a filing cabinet you would put those under the same tab I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> this movie is, so I was thinking back to, so while I was rewatching this, so how I, how I did this was I got the copy of the graphic novel and I read the graphic novel once again, not in its ent- entirety, but you know, I got the, the gist of what was happening. Uh, and then I watched the movie and while I was watching the movie, I started thinking back to when I first saw this in 2009 and um, side note, what a weird night thinking back to that movie because <laughs> I, I went with uh, two very, very good friends of mine. They were actually uh, uh, groomsmen in my wedding and um, we went to go see this movie and you know, typically when you go to a movie, I don't know what you do, but I like to break the rules and I sneak stuff in to the movie. Never. I know. I, will so, say no, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. I snuck in a drink and I also snuck in, it was some candy. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, and I snuck it in and we sat in, I think it was like the, f- I think we were in the first row actually, but not like Ouch. the first row, like right in front of the screen, mm. like the first row, like where the carpeted area is. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and so we were sitting there and we're watching the movie and I enjoyed my drink. I enjoyed my candy and I was done with it. And, uh, I actually got up and threw it away before, you know, we even left. <laughs> like during the middle of the movie? Yeah, during the middle of the oh movie. Oh my gosh. I sure did. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm sitting there watching it and somebody before me, I guess, two seats down had brought a drink as well, but they left the bottle in the cup holder. And so I didn't think anything of it. I didn't do anything with it, but I'm watching the movie and all of a sudden I feel like there's something down on the floor, like in my field of vision, like down to the, the bottom left corner of my field of vision. And I'm like, like what is that? And I look and it's a person crouched down looking at me. Nope. And had on a full, like, had on, it was the manager of the movie theater. He had his little badge on. (sighs) Okay. And he goes, he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, watching the movie. And he was like, did you bring a purse with you? And I was like, no, no, I didn't bring a purse. And he was like, you're not, he was like, you don't have a purse on you. And I was like, no, I don't have a purse on me. I don't carry a purse. I was like, do I look like somebody that would carry a purse? And then, and then he, he looked at me and he was like, there's supposed to be no food or drink from outside in here. And I was like, I don't have anything. And then he grabbed the bottle and was like, well, then what's this? 
And I was like, I don't know, dude. It was there when I got here. And he was like, I'm watching you. And then he left. <laughs> and that was it. You give people just the tiniest amount of power. It was crazy. I just, was like, what is happening right now? I, You know what? I'm going to say something controversial uh, here on a on a comic book centric uh, podcast. I hope that guy never gets superpowers. <laughs> Right? Because with great power sure. comes great responsibility. And man, he had little power and he showed little responsibility. <laughs> yeah. So that so that that kind of starts off like how this movie went for me. But I remember in 2009 watching this movie and being yeah. just hating it so much. I didn't like it. And so yeah. I'm rewatching it and I'm like, I'm not hating this. But compared to the graphic novel, I'm definitely not enjoying this. Really? And, and the one thing I kept thinking was, this would have done so much better as a TV show. Why didn't they do it as a TV yeah. show? That wasn't really on the radar yet in 2009. It really wasn't. Which So now it makes sense on why they did it. But then also, I started thinking, about, thinking back to the movies that were coming out during that time. The superhero movies. I mean, two of the up best, until right? This or at least point, the most iconic. Well, up until 2009, when this movie movie came out superhero movies were they were light they were funny they were colorful and they had a good ending this one does not i mean with i would i would argue with one notable exception is the dark knight that's true but even that one had a good ending well, it has a good ending but it doesn't have a well it has a satisfying ending it doesn't have a sunshine and rainbows ending well no no and to this point to your point most mainstream superhero movies of that era did yeah you know if you look at like the x-men movies by and large sunshine and rainbow endings the sam raimi spider-man trilogy sunshine and rainbow endings iron man had just come out good ending um i mean what else really was there at that point so for me that's what that's what it dawned it dawned on me that that's what it was that was different was this was really the first one that i can remember that it was very dark it was very gory mm -hmm. it was very um it was just not your classic superhero movie yeah uh, also one of the big differences that actually bothered me a lot i wish that they had stuck more to the comic with this in the comic nobody actually has superpowers not even dr manhattan dr manhattan is the only one everybody else is just people in costumes. Is that not how they actually were? They're a lot stronger than a normal person would be. And they're, they have, like, really good fighting skills. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, like, they're, like, they they act more like superheroes. Whereas in the comic, they really were just people in costumes. Okay. That were patrolling the city. Okay. I suppose that's, I suppose that's fair. Because, um... Ozymandias had the he looked deceptively agile yes. in a lot of his uh, a lot of his fight scenes. So, um do we let me pull the Wikipedia back up. Do we want to do brief character who they are, what they do or cuz I feel like we're just going to refer to people without much like here are the the main people and then kind of what happens. Yeah, we can just stick with I mean we don't necessarily have to go through everybody piece by piece. Okay. So did you so just jumping into like character observations now. Did you think Rorschach sounded like John Bernthal's Punisher? Yes. The entire movie. Like I looked it up multiple times just to make sure. I was like John Bernthal wasn't Rorschach, was he? No, he wasn't. No. But it's the same voice and it's weird hearing that voice and in my head visualizing John Bernthal and then when Rorschach is is captured and he's unmasked seeing that person and think like <laughs> equating fit, it with the it. Punisher. I was just like, no, that's not. He looks like the Mad Hatter. Like Yeah, you're like he's got red hair. Yeah. Golly. Oh, Rorschach. What a messed I, up character. I want to like Rorschach so much. 
but I loved I his costume. His mask is so cool. His, I really like his his mask and his costume he's got going on. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I will 100% agree with that. Um, for those of you who may be unfamiliar or haven't seen or read anything about Watchmen yet, uh, Rorschach <clears throat> gets his name from the Rorschach inkblot tests, and his mask changes like based on his mood. It's like if your mood ring was a face. <laughs> yeah, basically. And like th- that was done super, super well, I feel like. And his character is just so messed up. Like, yep. he's got some major problems. Yep. He's beaten up and, and practically killing innocent people. Um, are, and he kills... Doesn't he shoot... No. Are there is it the comedian that this? shoots the pregnant woman? Oh, it's 100% the comedian, yeah. Okay, in yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100%. Because she was going to, like, attack him with a bottle or something. And he was just like, ah, I don't care. I'm um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Which, he was really good in this. And for me, my only previous exposure to him had... Had been uh, Negan in The Walking Dead, right? Which obviously had not happened yet in 2009. Um, he's a very enjoyable actor, even if his roles are very unenjoyable. People he is, and then not only that, but he's also going to be in The Boys. Of course, he is. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at, at this point, I'm really upset that Jensen Ackles is in The Boys, because I'm sure he's doing really, really good in it, but that means that he can't be anything for DC. Yeah. And DC wouldn't, like, if he was, so he was the voice of Jason Todd in Under the Red Hood, but I would love Jensen Ackles as, like, the new DC Batman. Yeah, that'd be great. I would be well, 100% on board. He's voicing him, at least. Yeah, but the continuity of if the voice was the actor yeah. would be would be really fun. Nah, I gotcha. Um, so was there any character in particular that you enjoyed? Um, Night Owl, the Patrick Wilson character. Yeah. Because I feel like he, he's the most every man of all of them. Yeah. Just because kind of like, a kind of like Batman or like Iron Man, his superpower is he's just really rich. And, um, I feel like he's the most even keeled. He's the, the voice of reason in a lot of these situations, but he's also like, he's enough of a follower too, that you're just like, oh, he's not just like the straight man character where he's like, no, we have to be, you know, to take the, um, tagline from your, from your guy, truth, justice in the American way. He's just like, we're just kind of, someone says this is what we're doing, so this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, Rorschach talks him into, like, guilts him into stuff very easily. Oh, yeah. So it's like, as a person, that's probably not great. But as a character, he's very interesting. I like the question that it makes you ponder, which is, is it true that the only way to bring people together is to have a common enemy? Or to bring countries together? To bring yeah. the world together? Because that's that's basically the, the big problem that, that becomes is, is these heroes are trying to unite the world yeah. and they figure out that really the only way to unite the world is to cause an outside problem. And so everybody has to work together to try to destroy this other problem. And so they set something up to make it look like Dr. Manhattan is that bigger problem. <sighs> I, so the end of this movie comes up in a list. So I, I am kind of ashamed to say it, but I watch a lot of those videos where it's like, you know, the top five or the top 10 um, ending or like unexpected endings of movies or like those, those styles of video. And the end of Watchmen is commonly on them because, um, so Ozymandias, it is revealed, um, is behind all of the, the nefarious activities, um, having betrayed his, his former superhero cohort and, um, Night Owl and Rorschach go down to his base in Antarctica and he explains their whole or his whole plan. He's like, you figured it out, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you know, A to Z. This is the entire thing. And then Night Owl is like, "Okay, well, Rorschach, we can stop him. And Ozymandias is just like, no, you can't because he's and he said it in the movie. He goes, I'm not a comic book villain, which is so meta. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes, I'm not a comic book villain. I started this 35 minutes ago. You are like, I already did it. It's over. You lost. And it's just like, oh, that thing that 
that the actual villain would do. Because I'm used to like, I'm used to like Sean Connery era James Bond villain explanations when he's like, oh no, I'm trapped, but you'll tell me your whole plan because I can't escape. And then yeah, he escapes. Well, he pets his cat. Yeah. So as a, as a subversion of the genre, it's, it's a very enjoyable movie conceptually. I, I have a pretty high bar for like where I think graphic violence starts and ends. Um, this movie though, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. And I don't know that I like it. Yeah, it's almost, in some ways, it's almost too much. Um, Although, I know for that time, that was probably some of the most extreme that people had ever seen. Mm -hmm. But now you've got things that are competing with it that are like, Like the boys. we can make it so much worse. Oh, the boys. And it's like, no, you don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, no, no one asked you to do this. Nobody, yeah, exactly. So, with your your perspective of comparing to to this the book itself other than you know everyone is much more straightforwardly unpowered what would what were some of your other compares and contrasts there's just more detail that come that goes into each character so you have more of a background for each character um and you that's when you start to realize that none of them are exactly good but none of them are also bad 100 percent evil yeah so they're each like even at the end where they're like oh we're doing this evil thing they're doing this evil thing because it's going to be better for humanity it's greatest good for the greatest number yeah yeah and so so the only oh man that's a it's the trolley problem yeah I love the trolley problem so much. Yeah. So it's like, you know, do you, do you run over everybody to save the one or do you run over the one to save the larger number? Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, it's so troubling. uh, There's no right answer. It is, but it's, uh, I love the video somebody did with their like three-year-old and they like set it up for him and they were like, what would you do? And he (laughs) just knocked the trolley over. He, no, he picks up the one and puts it with the rest of the group and then uses the trolley to run over everybody. (laughs) No, no, that's no. Well, he's he's three. He's not going to understand that. But it was really funny. But at the same time, that's one of those like it gets written down into like the scrapbook that the mom shows off at that kid's high school graduation. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And you remember, fifteen years ago, we were very concerned. You killed everybody. (laughs) You looked at the trolley problem and you said, "What if I made it worse?" (laughs) (laughs) Golly. But yeah, so uh. the, the the novel looks more at that, each individual character. Um, and then, it, you know, you get more of a background into Dr. Manhattan and why he does some of the things that he does. Um, and then also the ending is different, too. It's not a... Um, a bomb. I mean, it, it it really doesn't change the story at all. Instead of it being a bomb, it's like a giant squid ah. uh, attacks the Manhattan or whatever. I don't, I don't care for that. Yeah, it, it was. But at the same time, it also explodes at one point. So, I mean, it really doesn't like it doesn't really change the story at all. Exploding uh, squid that could level cities is like, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't, ca- so, I don't care for that. Like at I all. said, it's one of those things where it didn't really change all that much. Uh, but it was interesting because I was mainly thinking, man, I wish they had fleshed that out more. And, and this would have been done great as a series and so that was kind of my complaint you know i kind of see why so many people complained about the movie but then i re-watched it again just at alone i took i took it away i took away the book and i was like you know what? i'm not even going to consider the book i'm just going to watch it for what it is yeah and for what it is it's a pretty good movie i yeah. mean it's not it's not the worst thing i've ever seen it's, it's better not, than rise of skywalker it is not even in the conversation of worst uh comic book movie i've ever seen no it's not close speaking of actually two movies that are in that 
conversation. Um, I saw recently that Love and Thunder's Rotten Tomato score has dropped below The Dark Worlds. Whoa. So I will I will confirm that probably once we're done recording, because if I open a new tab, it's going to destroy my retinas. Um, <laughs> but I read that and I was like, good, good. <laughs> More people must hate this movie too. <laughs> I like the uh, the memes that everybody's doing with um, Glass Onion, where he's like, "It's so dumb," and then she's like, "It's so dumb, it's brilliant." And he's like, "No, it's just dumb." <laughs> and they've done that, and in, in over her face, they put Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> I feel like you could do that with like not the A first, lot. not the first Thor, but you could make that meme of the last three Thor movies of like. It's dumb, like the Dark World and the Ragnarok. It's so dumb, it's brilliant. And then um, Love and Thunder is like, no, it's just dumb. Because <laughs> like Ragnarok is is really really good, but it almost wasn't. I expect it, like, it was that is, close to not being good. I don't. The I don't, ending of that movie is what saved that movie. Yes, one hundred percent. I don't mean to to make a very bad Thor joke, but I'm gonna make it now that I thought of it. It's lightning in a bottle. It is a commonly accepted metaphor, but also it's a Thor joke. Yes. So anyway, so back to not intended, but back it to works. the movie that we were talking about. Um, I didn't expect to like this movie. I remember Was watching this. Your it first time ish, and I'll tell you okay. why I said ish. I feel like I so I didn't watch this when it came out because I would have been like seventeen and r-rated movie like i don't know that i would have been able to get in i was very straight laced as a child i know that will shock uh, everyone who's listening to this um i think by and large the only rule i did not follow was probably speed limits because they're myths um (laughs) legally that's a joke conspiracy Uh, theory any any and all uh, potential law enforcement in my geographic area uh, i follow speed limits 100 if you're listening to this on audio um (laughs) But so I I didn't go in and watch a lot of R-rated movies in the theater. But in the years after it came out, I feel like I caught most of it on television one time, which is a wildly different viewing experience. What would that what would that have like TNT? Probably. Or like FX. I could think FX. FX probably would have shown it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So it really was kind of your first time. Pretty much. Yeah. Huh. Because it's like I I was familiar with it. I'm familiar enough with the plot of Watchmen that I could try to explain it to people and ultimately fail because it's Watchmen. I feel like you could know this and still have trouble explaining it to people. Um, But I would I would call this my first time truly watching it. So on a scale of one to on a on a scale of one to full frontal Doctor Manhattan, (laughs) what kind of scale is that? I don't know. (laughs) How many new Doctor Manhattan clones do you give Watchmen out of ten? Because that's a power he has. He could just duplicate himself endlessly. That's right. That's right. Um, He does. Golly. um, Oh man. I honestly, it's a solid eight for me. I can't really go too much higher than that, but I would feel bad going lower than that. I would put it at, mm, considering when it came out, putting it back in its time slot, 2009, I'm going to put it at a seven. I think that's fair. Because I think if you saw it today for the first time and you've seen everything else that has been released as far as related to any kind of superhero genre, I think you're going to, I don't think you're going to like it as much. I would almost argue the opposite of that. I would think you might appreciate it more appreciate because it, more. it subverts the genre so aggressively. That's true. That's true. It's a it's a superhero deconstructive. Like if you if you say, "Oh, I'm going I want to watch a superhero movie. Let's watch Watchmen." And your previous experience is by and large just MCU stuff. Every <laughs> time you expect no Oh goodness. <laughs> Every time you expect you know what's going to happen in a movie, in this movie, you will be wrong. 
because yeah. they flirt with the line of good and evil so aggressively that's true. start to finish yeah so i would i i'm gonna i had this conversation about hot rod earlier if hot rod was released today it would be a modern comedy classic and you cannot convince me otherwise if this movie was released today i feel like it would have a much different public reception this is like, this movie is you know they made the watchman series on hbo mm-hmm. and i thought for sure it was going to be a remake of the movie and it was just going to be more like the comic and be fleshed out mm-hmm. and that's not what happened at all it was no. actually it was a sequel to the comic i believe i thought it was a prequel oh was it a prequel i, I don't it know came what before it whatever it is i think it's not what everybody wanted <laughs> From what I've been told. I've been told it's really good, though. It's just unexpected. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like this is something that like if I feel like this is something that could probably remake, but remake it into a series. I would almost want to wait a little bit longer just because 2009 to now is in that weird mix of it feels like a long time, but it's also not. Yeah. Because by by setting the movie in 1985, it doesn't aggressively date itself. It functions as this movie takes place in the 80s. It will look like it takes place in the 80s forever. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it, if it had been like, you know, we're going to have this set in 2005 at the height of the war on terror, then it would become much more a product of its time. And I feel like I feel like it holds up better than I expected it to. Well, anyway, check it out for yourself. Yeah, um, I, I do recommend it, which I don't know that I expected to. Yeah, I, I recommend it, and um, I recommend uh, I recommend actually reading the the book too. I, in fact, I, I really want to go ahead and read the whole thing, not just the the basically the Cliff Notes version that I did. Um, <laughs> the Cliff Notes version, but it's just a, a family circus <laughs> from the from the uh, Sunday morning comic section. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I recommend it. You may not, if you don't let us know. Um, I hope we did it justice. I hope we, uh, talked about it enough. I know we had a a listener who suggested this, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can, uh, as far as getting in touch with us to let us know what you think and please do, uh, cause I know this is, you know, especially for our older listeners, you know, I know this is probably something that you watched, uh, maybe when it came out and you can remember vividly going to see it you know what were your thoughts on it your initial thoughts because i know you know your opinions change about stuff over time uh that's not unusual at all so i would love to hear from somebody to see like re-watching it like what what are your thoughts now versus what they were when you originally saw it because i know mine have changed because when i originally saw it i hated it i thought yeah. it was terrible but watching it re-watching it now i'm like this is actually not too bad this is pretty fun i, I like it it's different exceptionally different again so. if you if you do decide to watch this please do you have the uh the content warning available just the actual verbatim because i know it's graphic violence language sexual content but i don't know if i'm i don't want to miss something i had the imdb page up so i will i don't think like there's drinking but i don't know that there's like excessive drug use that would warrant an r like it's not r-rated because of drugs there might no. be drugs present i know people smoke rated like r for strong graphic violence Yes. yes. Sexuality, nudity, and language. Okay, and sexuality and nudity. I'd lump them together because that's why the nudity is there is the sexuality. Well, and yeah. Dr. Manhattan just hanging out with the boys. In Australia, it got a rating of R18+. plus. <laughs> Whatever that means. But wait, there's more. If you buy your ticket now for the low, low price of... <laughs> Billy May is here for the Australian movie rating system. In the Netherlands, it got a 16. Dang. 
apparently that's a common score because like Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, South Africa, South Korea, Switzerland. I wonder if that's there are it's just 16 and not 18. 16. Ireland it got a 16. A re-rating? So like was it rated something lower and then it got rated different? Oh, I'm sure. Iceland it got a 16. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. But yes. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. So check it out for yourself. Uh, let us know what you think. You can reach out to us uh, email. Uh, they didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us uh, on our Twitter page, TDAU underscore pod. You can follow John, jmuller8332. Uh, for those watching, it's down below him. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's the nerd is underscore in. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. And uh, I'm not even sure what we have up next. I haven't looked. Um, I know we got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming up next Af- month. After that, yeah. Let me... Um, oh, this is going to be... It's going to be so bright. I hate this. Oh, no. I think we did a... Goodness Close your eyes, Marion. Close your eyes. Don't look. Um... No, we, we do still have February 6th unaccounted for. Oh, boy. So, maybe... Maybe Glass Onion? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> But we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on what we do next. But uh, so you will. This is a bonus episode, so you'll actually hear from us again very soon. Woo! In one week. One. So week. we will see you then. But until then, nerd out.